very much, Charles. Just to explain, uh, it's, it isn't because I'm preaching that Terry's not here. Uh, actually, she wanted to be here very much. But uh, my son Joshua has been sleeping in a tent near the coast on Wales. Joshua and So she's just being, she had to go and pick him up. So she's not here. And usually she tells me to keep the sermon to about 20 minutes. And I normally preach for about 40 minutes. And now she's not here today, I can carry on. I don't know if any of you watched a program on Friday night. On the television. It was about a Jesuit priest. He's in one, the, the Jesuits are like the apologists, the people who defend the Catholic faith. And I was very impressed with what he was doing. He actually had six people from very busy lives, all of whom had very little faith of any kind, any religious involvement. And he wanted them to come and meet the Lord. And he did this through an unusual method, I thought. He actually taught them to, to be silent for a while and to meet God. Did you say it, Hilda? Yeah. And... Uh, I, I, I was impressed because pretty well every one of those people that had gone was, in one way or another, touched by the Lord. The, uh, the priest may have been a little bit disappointed because not, he tried to win them over to religion as well as to God. Um, but clearly, each person had been touched by the Lord Jesus. And it made me think how much we fill up our lives with everything else but God. And many people, as these six people did, find it very difficult to be alone with God. Now, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never met Jesus in reality, and obviously I don't mean 
the physical presence of Jesus. I'd love to see Jesus sitting in the front pew here, listening to me and telling me how I can improve my preaching. But he, at the moment, as far as we know, he's not going to do that. Yes, but Jesus is alive nevertheless. And he wants a relationship with every single person in this building today. And if you don't know the Lord, and you can never honestly say that you actually have a relationship with Jesus, a true relationship where you talk to him and hear him speaking to you, then I want to pray for you right now. And I believe if all of us, even those that know Jesus, gave more time to being alone with Jesus and receiving from him, the quality and the joy of our lives would be increased greatly. Some of us just rush into his presence and then come out. Maybe God even speaks to us when we, tend to, when we spend time with him. And then we think, oh, I've heard from God, that's great, and then we switch off. Now, I pray that all of us now as I pray will actually commit ourselves to spending time with God. Jesus said, when you pray, go into the quiet, the inner room, and shut the door and pray. Yongi Cho, who's a pastor of one of the, probably the largest church in the world of over a million people, he spends about four hours a day alone with God. And one person asked him, how can you run the biggest church in the world when you spend four hours just praying? And he said, it's because I spend four hours a day praying that I can run a church And the same for us. We may think we have many more important things to do than spend time with God, but if we spend time with God, we'll be effect, more effective in every area of our lives. It's not, I'm not here to put you in condemnation and say you're wrong 
and that you're terrible people. I'm not saying that. But knowing how much Jesus loves you and myself, I know he would love us to spend as much time as we possibly can with him. Some people find it difficult to find a time which they can give to God. I felt particularly sad for the mother in this out of those six people who had children and she was desperate to keep a time with God, but it was very, very difficult. And there was a businessman who had made a lot of money, he was doing very well, and he couldn't, couldn't work the time spending time with God plus his business. But this priest managed to guide them through those problems so that they could spend time uh, with God. So I'm just going to pray for each one of us, myself included now, just for a few moments. I'm going to be silent to start with, and although it's nothing compared to the time we should spend with the Lord, if you don't know the Lord, reach out to him in your heart and say, Lord, Help me to know you. That we should only partake of communion if we're in a relationship with Jesus. Some people complicate the start of the relationship with Jesus. But it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe you. I believe you and trust you with my life. And I give myself to you. And it's as simple as that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who is not so distant and far away. That you cannot, uh, we have no interest in meeting with us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to show us that it's possible to live as a man on this earth. And thank you that you do speak to us. I pray for each one of us here that every one of us will have some sort of faith in you. 
and make a commitment now to follow you the rest of the, our days. And those of us who find it hard to discipline ourselves to give you time, Father, I pray that somehow we can set aside that time, the time you want us to spend with you, and pour out our hearts to you and listen to what's on your heart, God, too. Amen. Amen. Now, that's not the end of the sermon, so don't just uh, get too hopeful. Uh, but uh, I'm really, the, real mess, the mess, other message I wanted to bring today is on a thing called perseverance. I should have checked that with you before, Shashik, to know you know the word perseverance? Yes, yeah. I, know the, I know the word. Good. Uh, it, has, it has a theological meaning as well as a spiritual meaning. Theological study of God. And uh, let me just explain. The word perseverance, according to theology, is something other than just keeping going. It is one of Calvin's five points of the Christian faith. Calvin. Calvin, he's a, a And it's Basically, the, the, the teaching of the perseverance in theological terms is this. There is nothing that can be done to cause a person to lose their salvation once they are saved by faith in Christ. And uh, I'm not here to argue on that point today. I'm quite happy to discuss the scriptures and what they say on that with you at another time. And sadly, that particular point has divided congr Christian congregations, Christian churches from one another. But I'm not talking about the perseverance that the uh, theologians uh, state. Uh, <coughs> I believe the perseverance that God is speaking into my life at the moment, and I believe you have it for the church today as well. It's simple. Barze. Don't give up on Christ. And don't give up pressing forward. Next year, I'm 60. 
and uh, I may look very young. And I wish I was even younger than that. But 60 is coming next year. And there are many things I've been praying for and looking forward to change for many years. And uh, I've been praying, for example, for my family. Not to raise and the children, but my parents and relations. And I've been praying that since 19, uh, what's it, 1974. And I still will pray that. God has encouraged me by bringing other people I've prayed for for a long time into a faith with him. But sometimes we can be tempted to think it's a waste of time. Or like one of the prophets, we might be saying to God, how long, God, how long? Maybe we're waiting, some of you are waiting for people in your family to have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Persevere. Keep going. I hope some of you have read, if not, I hope all of you, in fact, but I suspect some of you have read the recent Elam news. Have you read it in Persian, Masud? Yeah. Do you remember what Brother Sam said about going up the mountain? He said that when he was young, he was climbing a very steep mountain. I think it was in Iran. And he really wanted to give up. It was just too much. And this person who was encouraging him said, just a little further. And Sam said that's what kept him going with building the church amongst Iranians, which is increasing so rapidly now. So as Sam said honestly that the several times that he was so discouraged he didn't find it easy to keep going. Now I, I, just this afternoon, I was reading an article. It's from a church called a vineyard church. And it's in uh, just north, in north Hackney in London. And uh, there's a girl there who I used to be in the same church as her in North London. A single girl. She's never got married. 
but she dedicated her life to helping young mothers with children in a very poor part of London, probably the poorest, one of the poorest parts of London. It's a place called Hoxton. Hoxton, And uh, I won't go into all the details of the poverty there. But she kept going for about 29 years without very much happening. I used to get her newsletters. I used to get her newsletters. And she used to say how there would only be one or two or three people sometimes coming along to her meetings. It was a Christian work. And it, it carried on that she had a building which had been a, an old pub, but it was very, very broken down and uh, almost literally going to collapse. And she kept going with help of pe various people. She kept going, as I say, for about 29 years. And just this afternoon, I was looking at this brochure. And they show me the plans they have, the church who's taking it over, the vineyard church, the plans they have for developing the building. And they're planning to raise 1.2 million pounds for the building. And uh, it, it, it looks great. I can't show you all the plans here, but it, it looks like it's unbelievably, you know, well-developed, well-built, if it's going to be built The building she's been meeting in literally is propped up by wooden beams. But God has brought her and the work favor. And he's rewarded her perseverance. We mustn't give up. This is particularly true in prayer. If you look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, there is the story of what we call the persistent widow. We've heard about that recently. But this widow kept on going to the judge who's going to give her justice until he gave it to her. She kept on going. And the, Jesus said he was an unjust judge. He wasn't fair. He wasn't merciful, really. And uh, eventually he gives her what she's asking for because he's fed up with her coming to And uh, it reminds me of that verse in Proverbs which says, 
It's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a nagging woman in the house. <laughs> and I think Jesus was making a little bit of fun out of the whole situation. But uh, the truth was he gave it to her and Jesus said, how much more will God who loves us so much that he's given a son to die for us, how much more will he give us what we ask for? But it's true not just in prayer, but for everything we do in the Lord's service and what the Lord said to us, we need to keep on persevering. In Revelations, chapter 2 and 3, Jesus is speaking to the churches, the seven churches which were in Asian Minor, which is now Turkey. And he made real promises of reward for the people if they overcame, if they kept on going and they were victorious, there was a reward for them. For the church in Ephesus, they could eat from the tree of life. For the church in Smyrna, they wouldn't be hurt at all by the second death. For the church in Thyatira, they'd have authority over the nations. For the church in Sardis, they'd be dressed in white and they have their name in the book of life. In, for the church in Pergamon, the last one, it was a hidden manna and a white stone with a new name on it. And, and uh, a white stone with a new name on it. Now, personally, I don't know all that those rewards involve. But I think you probably agree with me. If we see Jesus, when we see Jesus, I should say, if when we see Jesus, we are going to be glad if he gives us anything. We may, even if he gives us a white stone, it's just got a name written on it, which I don't think he's, that's what he's saying, but even if we did, what a wonderful thing to have a reward from Jesus. In one place he says it will sit on a throne with him. Uh, and it doesn't say how glorious that throne will be. But that's irrelevant. 
how wonderful it would be if we just sit next to Jesus, or he even, even more says, please sit in my seat. One time I went with Brother Seth about 20 years ago to visit a, uh, a Christian leader who uh, he wanted to hear a word, have a word from. And they have a church in Horsham for about 1,500 people. And we went in there, we were late, everybody else was in there. And Brother Seth said to me, let's move up to the front. And we went right to the very front row. And there were two spare chairs, one for Brother Seth, one for me. And Brother Seth said, right, we'll sit here. And then I looked on the seat and there, was a na- there were names. And there were the names of this Christian leader and his wife. But, uh, and we sat there, I felt a little uncomfortable. But Brother Seth was very happy. And then he was, a few minutes later, the leader recognized Brother Seth. And he immediately asked him up. And he said, brothers, he knew Brother Seth, he said, Brother Seth, only a few minutes. And uh, Brother Seth talked for about 15 minutes. But it was a joy to be there and to be one all together, Brother Seth, this leader, and myself. And I think Jesus, and Brother Colin didn't say anything about us sitting in his seat either. How wonderful when Jesus says, please sit in my seat. Anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that there will be rewards. And many Christians find that difficult to accept. We can only be saved with the blood, faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If for the first time you were making contact with God tonight when we prayed earlier, that is only possible on the basis of faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. But uh, there is, after we come to faith, there is work to do. And some people uh, think that if you do any work as a Christian, you're becoming legalistic. You're, you're trying to earn favor with God. And 
I believe we have a spiritual enemy who makes us think that we can't do anything for God. We become passive. God definitely gives us rewards. Some people then say, well, we're going to be, some of us are going to be miserable in heaven because we haven't got the same rewards as other people. But that's to misunderstand the whole business. If you've got a small glass and it's full of water, it's full. If you've got a large glass with full full of water, it's also complete. Whether Whether we're a large glass or a small glass, we're going to be happy in heaven, and if we've lived as Jesus wants us to, he will reward us as he wants to. Now, uh, I'm going to read uh, to finish from Hebrews 12. And I believe this is the, one of the best passages for encouraging us to be persevering. Does anybody have it in Armenian open so they could read? Can, is that right? That, that's in, in Hebrews 12, yeah? Yeah. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Okay. I'll start to read in English. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. And then we'll close. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let me explain, in the previous chapter, he's been talking all about the people of faith in the scriptures that we read about. And since we have, we, we have all those people as examples to us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I believe God's here to encourage us to keep going. So often we stop before we get exactly where God wants us to be. If you like to read, please, you should. Uh, one to three, the first three. Arans noren him sikelov merat korderen abashkarelu u asvat havat kudenalu. Magardutyun nerun bartabedutyana terksenelu merel neru harutyan harutyan havidenagan tadastanin. Asom pidianen kete asvat ramanda. Basanzi 
ان همار امک ان کم لوسافور وزرون ورون یک نوار برکوین همارین سرپوکین هاگورتاگی سیغان Now, I don't know if you know, some of you may know of Raji, who's an Indian brother who works, Hilda has a hand up, but he works in Mumbai in India. And he started ministering to people on the streets in Mumbai. I've seen pictures of him touching people with TB to give them medicines. And he was involved in a ministry taking drug addicts away from their addiction. And uh, in the course of that work, he found, discovered that so many young people, particularly from Nepal, were being imported, girls were being imported into Mumbai for prostitution. And he felt God asking him to commit his life to making sure that there be no more girl prostitution in Mumbai. I've seen pictures of the red light district. It's disgusting. And these girls are being exploited without their permission, without their real will to do it. And he's managed to raise literally millions of dollars to set up hostels to receive the take these young girls off the street and lead them into faith with Christ and into decent lives. One time my wife Therese asked him, didn't you ever feel like giving up, Raji? And Raji said honestly, yes, many times. But he said, God had called me to this work and I need to be faithful to it. And Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you do speak into our lives. And thank you that you're 100% with us doing the work you've called us to do. Forgive us for the times that we've backed out because of pressure. Thank you, though, that you've never given up on us. And if we have failed and fallen short and not continued in what you've asked us to do, we thank you that you forgive us. Thank you that there's always a chance to start again 
with you, Jesus, while we're on earth. Help us to persevere in what you've called us to do. Help us to persevere in prayer even when we don't see results. Lord, I believe you're waiting for us to yield ourselves to you. Whatever you do, whatever you do, or whatever we do. We will keep following you, Lord Jesus. I pray for people in this church, Lord, who have, God has given them a ministry and they could be serving in this church, but they've allowed relationships to come in and spoil that work and make them give up. Lord, I thank you that you're speaking into their hearts now to get back in to the race. And with members of our own family who don't know you, thank you that you don't give up on them and you don't give up on us. Lord, keep us going. And like your son Jesus, who saw what lay beyond the cross. To endure the difficulties that we have to go through. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.